1: Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK, and BikeRadar.com. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Tom Marvin, one of the technical editors at Bike Radar, and with me today we've got uh, Rob Weaver. Uh, how are you getting on, Rob? you the senior technical editor in chief, is that right? I always uh, ask you whether it's right, but I'm pretty sure I'm right every time.
0: Well, technically, I'm I'm older than you, but I'm not the senior technical editor in chief. I'm just technical editor in chief. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I am old, but that's fine. I'm all good, thanks. I'm all good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm all right. I'm not too bad. Yeah. Um, what are you getting on with at the moment? You um, you've been riding some pretty fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a bike that it's been in the making for the last three years there's a lot of secrecy surrounding it so it's a new bike from Cannondale it's the new Jekyll um yeah I've had my hands on it for the last couple of weeks so I've been trying to put some time in on it it's um a bit different to your usual enduro bikes it's another one of these high pivot bikes mm-hmm. so a lot going on a lot of interesting things a bit different to your sort of run-of-the-mill bike so yeah it's been really cool really interesting
1: and is it does it take um Inspiration from the downhill bike we saw. Was it Matt Simmons raced in a little bit in previous years? I got the name right. or I got the name
0: wrong? Yep, spot on. yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. I think um originally that bike we saw it with two shocks bolted to it a couple of times. um This has just the one shock, um but yeah, they've really gone to town with. You know, they want they want those details and they want them right. So they've properly gone to town with developing a whole new bike from the ground up so yeah i'd encourage anyone to head over to bikeradar.com to read the very long story i wrote all about it
1: it was i've already read it rob and it was it was a good one it's long i thought you could say it's just really long it was um 11s sort of length yeah 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 very
0: good how about you
1: i'm all right yeah um Long-time listeners of the podcast will know that I'm still doing uh, my breaks on my wheels group tests, <laughs> which never-ending uh never-ending projects. Um, but uh, as of the day of recording, I've got four weeks to do the breaks. Um, it should be going really well, but I potentially have fractured my wrist. So uh, that's a bit of a shame. But um, again, there, um, I've led a lot of breaks uh, in recent weeks. Uh, i done a lot of hose cutting, a lot of like all the sort of the the faffy details um is all done and dusted i've also ridden quite a few of the brakes already because you know it's things like you know shimano's xt brakes or slx i think and xtr so we've got a lot of experience on them and then hopefully from probably next week onwards i'm going to be hitting some steep stuff just to get a better impression of how they perform when they get hot um, how they feel after sort of longer runs you know do they pump up um how much power have they actually got that sort of thing so um that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then we're gonna I'm gonna be jumping on some breaks. Oh, I've also got the new Santa Cruz Blur. Ah. Um, long awaited Santa Cruz blur that um I waited a long time for. Um I've ridden it once, my wrist sort of hurt a bit while I rode it, but it was worth getting out on. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, it looks good that bike. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, you know, when you saw I I was riding up at um ashton court like local stuff in bristol is, is a blue track which is basically like a manager at the moment um and you know, there's quite a lot of people that was a nice summer evening and the number of people who were like not bothered about that is it's new santa cruz blur well no one, no one really cared about that the fact that it was this beautiful salmon pinky color everyone was like wow that looks amazing what, what color paints you know like really stoked on oh. how it looked. um it's very very pretty um so, yeah, I'm going to test in that back to back with specialized Epic um, and also a uh, Merida um, XC bike that I've also got knocking about.
0: Nice. So,
1: yeah.
0: And what we're here to talk about today.
1: All right. Well, today uh, we have, uh, we've got a guest with us, uh, Ryan from Total MTB. Um, so, I-, I think the last year or so has really highlighted how much of an impact and how important mental health is. Um, on the general population. It's something that I think is more and more in the sort of national discourse um, throughout the media. Um, People are talking about it a lot more. Um, And Total MTB, which Ryan has set up, um, is, yeah, it's geared towards improving sort of visibility and accessibility and and talking about mental health um, through the sort of the spectrum of mountain biking. So I think that's about right, Ryan. Um, uh, Ace, say hello. How, how are we getting on? And uh, to <laughs> how's it all going?
2: It's going great. Um, the last year has things have picked up. Um, I think it's partly because obviously the pandemic has brought everyone to biking one way or another, uh, locked down with exercise and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, it's it's going well. Thanks. So you've been, yeah. I guess things picking up, getting busier and busier.
1: Um, Do you want to give us a quick overview of? Well, yeah. I guess we just sort of learn a bit about Tesla MTB. What what it is you're trying to achieve, uh, and what it is sort of what you offer and that sort of thing.
0: Well, I guess also as well. Sorry, I was just going to jump in and just say sort of. And how did it even come about? Like, what was the inspiration for it?
2: So I've always had anxiety from a very young age. Um, I didn't actually know it was anxiety. I just thought it was me uh, growing up. So um, when I finally found out what it is, because I basically had enough, I Googled it, which not, isn't the best thing to do, especially with Google. And, you know, it told you if you've got a snotty nose, you might have two hours to live or something like that. Uh, so, but anyway, I Googled it and I, I can't remember actually what I Googled, but I found out it was anxiety. And it was basically a checklist of things that what the symptoms that you can have if you've got anxiety. And I was pretty much ticking off 99% of, of what it says. And I just had memories rushing back all of a sudden of that, that happened to me th- at this point, that happened to me at this point. So I just, I could, it all so, sort of fit in, fits into place, which I actually sort of liked because it gave me a, a sort of a label. Whereas before, some people suffer silently with it and sort of uh, hide it easily, whereas I didn't. I was really not good with it. I, I was upset at school, cried a lot. I had separation issues with my mother and from home. And pe- people could see that there was something wrong. But obviously at that time, mental health was just, it, people really didn't know what it was, didn't talk about it. So now I know what it is. It's almost like I wanted to send a massive email, a mass text message to everyone who I've met throughout my life, friends, people on holiday, people just anywhere that have seen that side of me saying that wasn't me. That was what it was sort of was, but it was, it was the anxiety. It wasn't me. Um, so when I found out what it was through circumstances, the less you do, the, the worse it gets when you're wanting to do something. So because of um my job, I was self-employed, so I was working at home rather than going out every day and meet seeing colleagues. I was just at home. I was because of family life, I was very rarely going out to see family. I was just staying inside. And because I used to play football three or four times a week, but because of obviously lives, um with uh, families, kids and jobs less and less you can do that so I was basically at home and then when I did want to seek help I actually had to go out and do stuff to try and improve it so that's when it hit me the most I thought it hit me because of I was seeking help but actually just recently I've I've thought that no it was actually because I went from doing nothing to something so it was like hitting a brick wall of anxiety trying to get through it so then um, I realized that Biking does help. Well, uh, physical activity helps. Now, I wasn't doing football and you can't really play football intensity without, with just one person. (laughs) You know, you've got to have at least eight people or something. So, I tried to, I tried walking, I tried running, I didn't like any of that. But I've been mountain biking since I was a child with family, taking the bikes to Devon, taking them to France. I used to commute on a bike. So, I I then re-found mountain biking. Um, You know, it took you to, you can go to nature, you can, even if you're in a a city, five minutes, ten minutes on a bike, and you're just completely away from everything. A river, uh, you know, just a a beauty spot. So that's when I found that, and I thought, how can I inspire other people to sort of do the same? So that's when I came up with an idea of an Instagram account to share other people's journeys. Um, I sort of looked at the advantages of it. Um, I w- obviously, due to my anxiety, I was not really wanting to be the face of it. So all these sort of people that inspire people, like BKXC is quite a, a big one, um, that he's there picturing himself, you know, talking on video, I I love what he does, and I wanted to do something similar. But because of my anxiety, I could not face a camera, speaking on camera, anything like that. So, obviously, I, I I put you know all the benefits of what I thought of sharing other people's journeys, and I put them I put them down and created the Instagram account, and it just sort of snowballed from there. Really, because of I was sharing the the normal people rather than all the time. The stars that are, you know, doing triple backflips and or at Whistler every single weekend or you know, that kind of stuff. That people don't always live. I wanted to, people to be able to live and see just normal things and A bit more representative of, of what yeah people who are out there. Yeah, so that's how it became. And obviously, when people start seeing, oh, I can actually be included in this, rather than I can just watch from afar and be like oh wow i can be included in this that i think that's the unique selling point of it and that's why it took off
0: nice um so i've been onto the website and seen that you've got sort of various campaigns and bits and pieces that sort of um, run alongside that can you just tell us a little bit about what you've got going on right now
2: yeah i mean the campaign we've got quite a few obviously each one if it helps someone in one way or another even just one person it's worth it for us so obviously we've got the the most important to me is the mental health matters just telling people that it's it is okay if you're suffering it's you're not just out there alone please seek help if it's you can message me you can message you know friends family gps charities just please uh, message help and don't suffer alone because that's the worst thing you can do really um, I've got let's all ride, which again is basically about getting people out there um, on on the bikes, no matter who they are, what background it is, what race they are, all that kind of stuff. Just you know, try and get them out and encourage them out because it does help mental, physical benefits. Um, protect our planet, so that's obviously as a, as mountain bikers, our main thing is the environment. That's where we do our. That's where we what we love but we won't have that if we don't protect it from litter um, and possibly uh, forest fires, you know, from barbecues and cans, stuff like that. So that's another one of our, our campaigns. And the last one is the most recent one is you are you and you are awesome. So it basically, no matter who you are, your appearance, your size, your shape, what brand of clothing you wear, how much your bike costs, if it's an e-bike, if it's a, a normal bike, anything, you're awesome. So don't let other people that are saying otherwise put you down. Just be you.
0: What's the um what have you found the, the general response have been since you started? How how's it been going with I guess riders first and foremost? But have you had anyone sort of further afield from other walks of life get in touch as well?
2: Um I've had quite a lot of people. It was slow in the at the start, but obviously once it started getting going, then it it was great. And I've had a lot of people message me saying, "You know, you're doing great stuff, and you've you've helped me be able to talk to my family about what I'm suffering with." So obviously stuff like that just motivates me to carry on. If if I do have a tough time myself and think, "Is it is it worth?" It? Because it does take quite a a long time and quite. Uh, a lot of time for me to keep it running and thinking of new ideas and that kind of stuff. But um, I've had, well, we have orders for jerseys, for example, and people tagging us in their photos that are from just all over the world, Canada, America, Europe. We've got our jerseys all over the world as well. Each time we do our jersey sale, that well, this time it's been for mental health, the message has been mental health on the back of it. Mental health matters. Money from the jerseys have been going to mental health. They've been selling all over the world. So it's great to see them out there. And it's just obviously step by step, it's it's growing. We're not really bothered about the the selling stuff. That's not what we're about because it's a non-profit community. It's about getting the word out there. So obviously if we see people with the jerseys or tagging us, it means that it's slowly building from... Yeah, from Doncaster to South Yorkshire to Yorkshire to Britain to, and it's just slowly getting out there, which is is great.
1: When you um, you, you said that you used to play, when, when did you really sort of start with your with your cycling? You, you said that you played a lot of football, um, and obviously when when Corona hit and, and lockdowns hit, obviously that that sort of obviously went out the window. Was it? Sort of a few months into that, you started really picking up on the bikes, or was it? And, and what was your journey, sort of, you know, mental health wise, from that point? Did, did things get significantly worse at the start of lockdown and then in, in starting? I don't know. Really?
2: Well, t- t- for me, I wasn't really eff- affected by coronavirus itself, as in I was scared of the virus. And for me personally, I didn't actually think I was affected until normal life because my wife is a teaching assistant so she was when coronavirus hit she was actually w- working from home so that meant the pressure was off me looking after my daughter which at the time i thought yeah that, that's great she's home so it takes the pressure off me but then when she went back to work it absolutely it hit me so hard because i'd then got used to not looking after my daughter not looking after not having that pressure on me so then to go back after a year of sh- See, it was... Uh, looking after my daughter was something I'd really feared since she was born, about my wife going back. And I had this pressure of, I can't not be unwell. I can't be unwell because I've got to look after her. And I'm the, I've am the I got no backup, so I had to look after her. So when it hit, that's when it really did... Um, when she went back to work, that's when it hit properly, hit me. that. So it just... The biking and even walking, but mainly the, the biking because I can get out proper to places where you can just shut off from everything, just sit there, and you've got obviously this is a stream. You've got all them, them sounds, and you've got the birds, the the trees. The, if we did it, have the sun, which in lockdown we actually, it, it, I think we had a heat wave at the the beginning. Um, so obviously that gives you the endorphins as well. So obviously there's the serotonin. There's uh, I think it's called dopamine. All these different chemical reactions that nature, cycling, and sun can give you all work to improve health. So it's not just physical of moving your legs; it is the the getting out there and the all the other chemicals that help your mental health. There's a lot of studies, you know, that are out there which really sort of show the
1: the impacts. As you say, not of just like the exercise. I mean, from a mental health perspective, having you know, physical sort of anaerobic or you know proper proper exercise has yeah a, a really impressive impact on your mental health but also it's the whole thing you know it's, it's probably one of the reasons why it's like house plants have gone a bit mental in the last year or so is because being surrounded by plants has a very natural calming effect on on the body um yeah. one of the things i wanted to ask is when you started, you know, you, you're saying you felt the pressure with looking after your daughter, and, and obviously that takes up, a, you know, looking after your daughter is going to take a lot of time, um, a lot of yeah. structure and all that sort of thing. Did you find that, what, what were your strategies for, I, I guess, getting out on the bike? You know, in, in terms of if you're, if you're very busy, you've got a lot of things on with, with work and, and childcare, did you find having a structure for saying, right, I go out at this time of day, two or three days a week is that the way you did it or was it ad
2: hoc or how did you approach um it was it wasn't necessarily um a structure it was because obviously sometimes when I had my daughter and then I've got to work after it I've got I have some stressful days so it's obviously I try it does help with the stress that if you go out it calms you but I don't if I've especially got my daughter the next day Sometimes I don't want to go out in case it just sends me a bit over the edge in terms of getting a headache or a migraine that affects the next day. So I work it out as though my wife does half days at school. So I'd sort of do it around there. So if, if I did was to wake up not feeling great, then I knew that I only had half a day to, to look after my daughter and then I could relax after. Or she... I, We've got the Saturday off, the Sunday off, and the Monday off because my mum looks after on the Monday. So obviously, I've got a bit more time to play with there. So, and I'm lucky enough to to live next to um, a, a beautiful place called Cusworth Hall in Doncaster, which is just five minutes down the road. So, if it, I wanted to go out, but not sort of out too far, I could just go there, and it's you know it just takes you away from everything, and you've still got the benefits of it. Or if I wanted to go further, you know I've got the Trans Pennine Trail um, that takes you to the River Don and along that route. Or you can go in the car to other places like bike parks that are sort of fairly local. So sometimes it doesn't need planning, but sometimes I can. It's just whatever I feel comfortable with, because obviously I don't want to pressure myself and to do anything anything too too much, and then we'll get stressed about. At something else before my daughter was here I knew that if my wife was at work I could basically uh, take the morning off or it was not obviously great for work but my health came th- first so if I went out for a day on the bike came back the next day I wasn't very good I would then spend the day recovering but I can't I couldn't do that when my daughter was here because she had to be looked after
0: there's a lot of juggling in terms of, I guess, um, well, I guess more than anything, you're just trying to feel your way through it as sort of organically as possible rather than structure too much by the sound of things. Is that a fair way? To yeah, look? I
2: mean, it all with me being self employed, we're not, I mean, my wife aren't massive earners, we didn't have enough for childcare, so it's just it obviously until you have your first child, you've got no idea. We were hoping it'd help my anxiety because we—I I had a focus, but my the pressure—the pressure I felt to be okay for my daughter when I was looking after her. I mean, the worst thing, my worst case scenario is I have a migraine or a tension headache when I've when I'm looking after her. And I just I can't even think about how I'd feel the stress coming on the and obviously that just makes the exact the migraine and tension headache just completely you know ten times worse. So. I try to do as much as I can to around that. I mean, it annoys me that I have to do that because obviously other people just do whatever they, they wanted to. The next day, they'd be absolutely fine. But I've just got to, for the moment anyway, live around how I feel myself. Has that got easier as your daughter's <clears throat> got older, do you think? Um, as my daughter's got older, I've... Yes and no. Because she, when she was younger, I could. She was basically doing what I sort of wanted her to. She couldn't really do do much herself, but obviously there's, there was more to take care of. And now she's a lot older, and she's a very active and inquisitive young young lady. So she needs a lot more. You know, you've got to be there constantly, but she can do more herself. So if she wants a drink, she can get a drink, but. You've got to be there always to make sure she's not doing a bit too too much. <clears throat> Kids, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've got to,
0: Yeah, not the keenest sleepers right now. Bless them. <laughs> I want to,
1: uh, uh, without sort of necessarily sort of probing too much into sort of the your personal sort of circumstances and life. I mean, I. Over over winter, I, I'd speak to the GP about anxiety myself a bit, and one of the things that they they were sort of talking to me a lot about was the impact of exercise on on mental health and getting out there. You know, they sort of they knew what sort of in our conversations they knew what I did for a job, so they obviously know that I, I get out a lot on the bike and get a lot of exercise. And so I guess, as I said, there is that link between exercise and, and mental health. It's quite well established now, and it is going forward. But I wonder whether the conversations I had with my GP, that was highlighted because the GP knew that it was my job to sort of go and have this sort of exercise. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you've had sort of those conversations with, with health professionals or not and, and don't necessarily feel that you have to comment on your personal case. But do you think that within the health system, there is a, a good enough or a sort of it's well enough understood that this is something that almost can be prescribed. There's a lot of talk about exercises being prescribed to people suffering from mental health issues.
2: Is it something that was you think is ever raised enough? Um, for my personal case, I went to the GPs, um, and then also I had something called CBT. So it's a, a bit more of a, an intense therapy. Um, and to be honest, I mean, they knew because well, that's when Totem mtv was just starting so they knew about it but i don't now you mention it they'd never properly said um this is what you need to do mm-hmm. maybe that was because that there was another form of therapy called exposure therapy that i was trained, and it was working for me at the start but obviously again that changed because my daughter came along and i was more worried about being well for her so if i did exposure therapy basically it puts you in situations where you don't want to be um so it heightens your anxiety uh, exposes you basically to the anxiety so that and then you do it again and then you do it again and then obviously eventually it lowers but with that becomes your symptoms come out so obviously the next day i would regularly through doing it have a headache so I can't really balance that with my daughter when looking after her. So that's that's why I stopped that. So they didn't that worked for me, but they didn't really say the biking. I don't know if that's because the exposure therapy was working or they just knew about it and I was trying it at that point. But it, for one reason or another, it did slowly... It didn't stop. It just, instead of being more frequent, it was just more here and there that i did it so i'm not entirely sure about that one is that something do you think that i i guess it needs to come
1: almost from the top that it is a a, as a potential sort of aid for for mental health is is something that the the gp community or the mental health community maybe needs to embrace a little bit more
2: Um, i mean possibly because obviously well it is that much of a, a good thing it might have changed since i i was last in the, the CBT, I think it was, at, uh, well, it was at over a year ago because I, I was out of it when the, CB, when the uh, coronavirus hit. So it might have changed since then. Obviously, with the coronavirus hitting, a lot of people now know the focus of uh, exercise and the nature and mental health is absolutely gone crazy. People all over are talking about it. So um, I'd like to think that that would have then brought it to more of the attention of the you know the people who can help us and the people that make the top decisions to say this is what we need to prescribe or this is what we need to do this is what we need to promote so I'd hope that that is the case but I don't Didn't nothing was say, said to me like sort of go out on your back that wasn't necessarily specifically said to me but like you say, it's that, it's that important and there's that many benefits that you'd hope now that they would be able to push it, recommend it, prescribe it. So did they actively
0: encourage you to go and ride then, Tom? Was that something they sort of suggested?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they, they they talked a lot about um, about getting out and making sure, you know, partly from the exercise point of view and partly from sort of the, the nature point of view. Sadly, it was, it was sort of the, my heightened issues were over winter but to be fair as you know we had trailback like the year i was going out quite a lot with that um and sort of over, over christmas and stuff um and yeah it was very much a focus of um the stuff they suggested it, it was either that or or antidepressants which at the time you know didn't particularly want to sort of go down at that point
2: so do you think sorry so do you think that if you weren't in the industry that you were or they didn't know about it they would have said they would have suggested the biking or talked about the biking or do you think that they would have sort of Moved away from it. I w- I would have hoped that
1: they would have done. I mean, you know, s- cycling, sport in general. Obviously, as I said, you know, it's not just mental health. You know, it's an important thing for all sorts of health issues. You know, physical health issues, diabetes, heart issues, all that sort of stuff. You know, I feel that maybe the medical community could, or potentially should, or if they don't already, you know, really promote exercise m- maybe more than they did. That said, you know, I've, I've had i had a partner in the past who had some quite severe mental health issues with um with depression and you know that was when we were together probably 10 years ago 10 12 years ago and even at that point actually the the she went very far down the the, the mental health professional route you know it wasn't just a, a quick pop into the gp so i'm feeling a bit down like it was a lot you know chronic chronic issues and for her actually they they did talk a lot about exercise as a form of um relief from from her symptoms so i think i, I, I don't i'm not suggesting that it's never mentioned or never talked about. I, I i just wonder whether my experience was slightly different because of my position um you know and whether it's something which should be uh, expanded upon within within medical medicine
0: i mean i guess it seems like it's in the mainstream a bit more now and i think as ryan's already sort of spoken about how because of lockdown and because of that sort of anyone using that, you know, whatever that amount of time was, we were allotted to get out every day or once a day or whatever it might have been. I guess people were sort of seeing that as their escapism from, you know, sitting at the kitchen table doing work nonstop and all of a sudden they could probably, I hope, feel those benefits. And again, you know, as we already mentioned, we were very, very fortunate with the weather back then. So it hopefully had... A decent effect on people i don't know it's hard to say isn't it whether whether anyone's you know because of your circumstances whether that was just the case that they said or oh, you know just get out more um i don't know about you but i definitely i was a, a bit of a low point when we were doing bike of the year and i definitely found that just having that structure knowing that at least what twice a week we were going to be out maybe three times a week and whether it was rain or shine and all you had to do was kind of just worry about you know the there and then thinking purely about what that bike's doing what this bike's doing building in that structure and then it's sort of i don't know i really enjoyed that it took my mind off everything that was going on at home and um yeah it was a to- it was definitely a blessing in disguise i think mm-hmm.
1: Even if when it's pissing down with rain, it's sometimes, oh God, it's horrible out there. But it does, it gives you that structure. It gives you something to aim for and something to sort of almost achieve for the day I always found. You know, when you go out, you know, like, okay, I'm not feeling like doing much you know, this week, but come back from a day's testing. You're like, okay, like today I've I've gone out. I've, I've ridden quite a bit. I've burnt quite a few calories. I've come to some interesting conclusions about what I've been writing. You know, today's not been a waste. Today's worked well for me. And it's, it's sort of, it's been productive.
0: Yeah, I mean... I definitely find if I'm just sat at home, especially if I'm sat at home working by myself, if the kids are out at nursery or school and my wife's working, it's very easy to let your mind wander and just start to go down a, you know, slightly darker route and um, get caught up in those thoughts and feelings. And um, yeah, been able to almost try and just, I don't know. Force yourself outside, you know, out the door, and get out and do something. It does, for me personally, makes a massive difference.
1: Mm. With total MTP, is there um, like I say is there an endpoint to it? Is there a, is there a particular goal that you're? Obviously, so the 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 aim is to sort of raise awareness
2: and, and get people talking. Like, is is there what you're aiming towards with that? I don't think there ever will be an endpoint, unfortunately, because obviously, the more we do it the The more, well, the, obviously the, the point of it is that the more we do it and the more promotion we get out there, the more the people we can reach. And I think that mental health, I don't think, will unfortunately ever go away. I, some people, I personally think I was sort of born with it because of my um, my mum and my grandad had it. <clears throat> uh, it just d- developed. So I don't think it will ever go away. It will just ha- try to be there for- more for people in the future ideally i want this to be my full time job in the future and i'm not obviously i haven't got anything i'm not a, a doctor or a gp in the sense of i can't help people properly but in the future i do hope that <laughs> sorry that we can sort of have a, a a forum or something where we can properly instead of passing people to a charity that we work closely with that we can actually keep them on board in and you know properly look after them and see the progress and be a proper point of call if someone is is needing something um okay I'm sorry so obviously at the minute it, we are more popular in the UK obviously that's where we are and that's how but i think that you're, you know europe and, and the world obviously there's massive charities out there but i think the more that we are out there, people are um, showing our stuff. The more we can reach, and that's when when you reach someone new, even if it's in ten years, we've reached. Uh, you know, in the in the tenth year, we've reached one new person. That's could be that's a good thing. Um, you know, it's tr- it just keeps on going, and the more people we find, the more people we reach, and so on. Have you had any contact with you know other
1: organisations who are? I guess are more, not necessarily more established, but more, you know, like the the biggest sort of national mental health charities. Is, is that links that you're wanting
2: to sort of foster down the lines, or? Well, we're actually linked with a charity called Charity No Panic. So, um, I took the decision to link with a charity that was not as big as Mind and all that kind. Of, I wanted sort of a mutual benefit, rather than you know, thanks for the money, we'll see you later kind of thing. Um, so we work a lot alongside them. We, If anyone says to, or to us we need help or they, they express it on social media or anything like that, then we direct them to them. Um, and Anything with, that we've done through charity, we do the, the jerseys and other stuff. We've basically said this is for awareness, for mental health, Charity No Panic, and all the money has gone to Charity No Panic as well. So we work quite closely with them mm-hmm that's great have they have they got a website that um you could direct yeah i think it's uk or nopanic.co.uk something like that but if you just google charity no panic it you'll be able to see and read more on and on, on your website which is totalmtb.co.uk
1: um you've got a lot of partners listed on there what's what's your how how, do you, how are you working with these brands what's what's the goal with with that is that are they supporting you or
2: yeah, uh, so we work with, a lot with brands for sort of, well, for reviews and that kind of so people get in touch with us. Obviously, with how we've worked things, the audience has grown. So obviously, that's when the interest comes from brands. But the partners is basically, that we help them with a lot more exposure and they um, pay for a listing as a partner. That just helps me with funding to keep things going. And hopefully, in the future, I can, like I said, said before, it can be full-time because when you see people that you've helped or people that you've given gifts, you know, surprises to and stuff like that, and you can see the faces and the gratitude and they've said, you've actually really helped me. That's what inspires me to keep going. So if I can keep doing it full-time, then that'd be fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. And it looks like they support you as well. There's there's um, discount codes and stuff as well, which is great. So is that yeah. is oh, a, it, a mutual It's another uh, thing,
2: thing to say. Thank you to the community for supporting us. So if if a brand wants to come on board and uh, say you know can we give a discount code, then they're more than happy to. And obviously it's just a, another thank you, like I say, to the community. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for supporting us. And here's uh, if you, obviously they can look through the discounts and see which ones they like to uh, to use. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot on. There's some really really handy ones as well, actually. <laughs> worth having a look not that that's the, the sort you know yeah for some reason it's our most visited uh, page on the website I don't know why um, do you guys do
0: anything in terms of like um, group rides or anything like that or when when we're going to be able to again is yeah
2: that, I mean previous to um, Covid we did three so we did one at we did two at um, Shield Pines and one at Leeds Urban Bike Park and the first one it took us by surprise so obviously we'd never done it before, I think it was 40 to 50 people turned up for our first one, and that was um, two years ago. So obviously we've not been able to do it again since then. Um, we've been talking to Forestry England and all that kind of stuff, because we want to do it properly. We don't just want to get, in and get told off, especially if it's sort of with Total MTB. <coughs> so we've been talking to them, and at the minute it, with obviously the government pushing things back, it's they said 30 people is the maximum you can have in a group so obviously we want it sort of above 30 and almost no restrictions in the sense of because we don't want to say the first 40 or 50 people there we want it's about a social ride it's about bringing people together so yes i mean and also took around took a uh, photographer on board as well so they could get photos that you could have them for social media, and again, you could just see people's faces. It because it wasn't exactly a photo shoot; it was um, a photographer was just taking the photos of the day of the event, and you could just see people with people talking to friends or to to strangers. Which again, that's another thing for mental health: meeting new people and everyone just having a good time, and you can see them all on Facebook. So. Uh, yeah, it, it's again, it's another good feeling that you think you've you've been able to bring those people together, set it up and people are actually asking us to start them again when, when we can.
0: Well, that's really positive, yeah. Um, I guess before we wrap things up, I just wondered, since you've sort of started it and obviously the success that's uh, come with
2: it, has that, do you think that's helped
0: your own anxiety at all?
2: <clears throat> um, at the start, it didn't. But I think now I'm, especially now I'm talking to other people that have shown had the same symptoms, I'm starting to learn. I thought I'd learned enough about myself and I couldn't learn any more about myself. But the more you talk to people, the more you talk, even if they haven't had suffered mental health, it sort of reveals stuff about your past or you think actually that could be linked to that or that's how I felt or... So it, it's made me understand a lot more, and I just try and be more relaxed now because and it is it is so so difficult to do, but the more relaxed you are, the more the symptoms the headaches go away. But that's the only thing I've started to do it currently, and it is helping. But it is so difficult. I can imagine. Yeah, it must be tough.
0: I guess it. I, I think. If you've kind of been through anything and you talk to anyone else about it, it's not until you actually have those conversations that people sort of speak up and say that they may have been through something similar. I don't know if you found that in in your experience, but it definitely feels like sometimes some people have been through the most horrific things and won't ever speak out about them. And it's not until you sort of chat to them. Maybe you've had in your life something very similar and then, you know, you have that conversation, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, it isn't just me and it by myself, which I guess is the whole point, really. We're here to sort of try and push people to speak out about it so they're not suffering in silence.
2: I mean, I put every now and again, I try and put posts about myself um, and say, <coughs> this is what happened, especially with these podcasts. I've been putting this is my fear. So obviously, it shows a vulnerable side to myself that, and people. I hope it shows that people can trust me, trust totally me, and you know we're not just doing it for, uh, you know, followers or anything like that. It's something that's it's serious, and people have put when I've put sort of the symptoms and what I've been feeling through doing these podcasts. People, have, oh my god, that's that's exactly how I felt, and I didn't I didn't know uh, I didn't know how anyone else felt like that. I didn't know how to describe it. Which is, is great that obviously people are then it is, it is working and through doing reposts as well, um it's helped people have now trust Total M T B. So they've been talking about their issues and they've allowed me to share through a repost their issues as well. So it's then sharing their they've been brave enough to do it then it's so it's a complete roll-on effect. It's a domino effect. That person then came out, shared their story, which is obviously, well, which hopefully has helped them, but then it's then gone on to someone else that's, oh, thank you for sharing that. And it's just, so it it is quite good to see, and it it does make you feel, gives you a little bit of a buzz that it is helping and and keeps going. So if, if people
1: who are listening to this do want to sort of learn a bit more and and get a bit more involved. Do you want to give a little
2: um, little plug to your website and your, your social media accounts? So the uh, website is totalmtb.co.uk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, (coughs) and Instagram at Total MTB. So, and obviously as, as we've already alluded to, uh, the discount codes are on there as well, (coughs) which they all like. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth a look. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, all the information about our campaigns, our projects, what we do is all on the the Totem TB website.
1: There, there's a lot on there, actually. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, all sorts. You know, the partners that you're working with, um, your supporters, the projects that you're you know, supporting yourselves, and the, the campaigns that you yourselves um, are running. There's there's an awful lot of information, um, and obviously links to people as well who can provide lots of other information in in another sort of form um there's some, some
2: fantastic supporters as well isn't there rob
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm on there <laughs> <laughs> my ugly face but i mean why wouldn't you support it right it's so important yeah no great stuff wicked
1: okay well um i think that probably is a good time to uh, now we've sort of given it a, a good old plug. certainly if, um health. Uh, you know it's, it's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to talk about but um I guess the important message from today is that, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who, who have suffered and who, you know, talking about it, you know, generally does help, you know, it, it helped me. It's also helped Ryan as well. And, um, you know, if you are struggling, then do reach out to people like Ryan, because it's, you know, there's a lot of good out there and a lot of information. And often it is that first step that really um, can help sort of on the road to hopefully improving things over time. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, all going to say thank you very much ryan for your time and um yeah re- really appreciate you coming uh onto microsoft teams uh, and having a, a chat with us it's uh, yeah it's been really appreciated and really interesting so um best of luck with the whole of total be, and hopefully we'll be able to follow it on um see how things are going over the next couple of years
2: yeah uh, thank you and thank you for letting me come on and uh, giving us a platform to spread more awareness you're more than welcome cool and uh, thank you very much for listening um
1: And it it seems trite to sort of finish on the usual, don't forget to subscribe, but hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast and hopefully it's been useful to you. So um, we'll be back next Monday. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com.